0: Our lesson today is going to come out of the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 5 through 12. Well, let me catch you up on the, what's going on by, in the eyes of Luke to us telling this story. Uh, chapter 10 is where Jesus sends out 70 people. He sends out 70 people to, uh, to be out to disciple, uh, to out minister to people. But so but it's, chapter 10 starts off with, after these things, the Lord... Uh, appointed 70. After what things? So you got to go backwards when you're studying the Bible to chapter 9 and see what's going on. Just real quick back, uh, we looked at Jesus was uh, verse 28, chapter 9, verse 28. Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. Uh, uh, he was transfigured on the mount, uh, mount there. A uh, boy was healed. Jesus predicts his death. Then there's an argument among the disciples who's going to be the greatest? The Samaritan village, they move on to the Samaritan village and they reject Jesus. Jesus goes along in verse 57 and tells, he was asked a question, he gives him an answer. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, meaning he has ministered with nothing but the power of God. Uh, then he sits there. Where this is where we start getting into our story. He says, "Follow me." Jesus tells one of his disciples, "says Follow me." But the guy sits there and says, "Well, first I got to go bury my father," which doesn't sound like a bad request. But yet, what we know about the story is the father's not dead. Uh, and so, what really the meaning there is that Jesus says, "Hey, come follow me. There's work to be done to build the kingdom," and people are full of excuses. And so I, and I mentioned the earlier service today. I know that never happens at Lake Park United Methodist Church. Never. That when there's work to be done, everybody's 100% involved and everybody's doing the work, correct? Just yes. That's the right answer today is yes. And, uh, and so it goes along. So the next part is, getting, now we're getting to chapter 10, right where we're going along there. And what I want, I want us to be clear on today. That everything in the Bible is true. It is the inerrant word of God. And everything in there has meaning to it. And there's nothing wasted in the words or the numbers in the Bible. Nothing wasted. So when Jesus says he appoints 70 and sends them out two by two, there is more than meaning. Because was there more than 70 people in the town when he did this? Surely there was, probably hundreds of thousands of people there, but he picked 70. And when we study the Jewish culture, numbers are a big thing in, the new, in there. Number one, they don't really have numbers. The numbers are part of the alphabet, uh, but numbers are a big deal to the Jews. They're Bible fulfillment, and they also deal with prophecy. Uh, so you're just going to have to know that about numbers in there. And so 70, first we'll look at 7 and 10, 7 times 10 is 70, 7 the number 7 represents completeness resurrection to be full completely satisfied good or perfect the number 10 perfection of the divine order completeness of order divinely ordered events remember he sends in 2 by 2 70 people out when you hear these numbers 70 the number 70 together is restoration unity at the known time, at that time, there were 70 nations on all nations. Uh, remember in Revelation, God said that the word of God would be preached to all nations. It's perfect spiritual order, spiritual power, and significance. Two, the number two. Remember, he said up two by two. Two is good, the living word. Two is the second person of the Godhead, which is the Son. And uh, it's a come alongside to help. And we see we saw, uh, King Solomon, he saw, taught, writes that two is stronger than one. In the Mosaic law, it takes two to be a witness against, for or against something. So these numbers have meaning. And so let me kind of capsulize this down but right before we read our scripture. Jesus is sending the word of God about himself to all the nations. This is a lesson that we need to hear today because God is asking you and me to go out to all the nations and share about the greatness of the Son of God. So that runs us to our story. Let me jump in right here in verse 5 and read that to you. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not it will return to you and remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy for his wages do not go from the house to house whatever city you enter and they receive you eat such things that are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them the kingdom of god has come near to you but whatever city you enter and what And whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable for the day in that day for Sodom than for that city. This is the word of God for the people of God. The message here is, and that's one of the parts I read to, uh, verse 59 there is, Jesus is sending them out, two by two. It's a crowd of 70, two by two. We need to talk about all that means there. But he, even there, this is Jesus. He gives them back up. He gave them the power. He gives them the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and do these things. And even there, he sits there and says that the, uh, the harvest is truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Even in that day, Jesus was telling us ministry is tough. Ministry is tough. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done, but there's very few people that really want to do it. Most people in today's culture, most people, when they sit there and they say, yeah, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, what they're really saying is, is I need a fire insurance plan and I'm going to take just like your house insurance or something. We're going to put it in the safety deposit box. We're going to put it somewhere. And if the house ever catches on fire, you know, and, and burns, we can pull it out this, this paper and say, hey, insurance company, remember I bought this policy. Many people are going to show up to the gates of heaven with a policy a policy and said, hey, God, remember way back when I said I, I, you know, I accepted you? And Jesus is going to say, as we see in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, Look, not everybody says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and so he goes along. The number one thing here is ministry is difficult. There's, he says he's going to send you out as lambs among wolves. There's going to be people wanting to destroy you and your ministry. Whatever the ministry is... There's people out there that want to destroy. There's people that want to see this church fail and every church fail. They would be glad if the church failed. But yet, so Jesus is warning us that these people are out there. But go anyway. But go anyway to them. Don't worry about it, but go anyway. And so he goes along. He says, don't greet anybody along the road. That sounds kind of mean. It goes with the next verse. When you get to a house, stay there. Eat whatever they give you. And that's good hospitality. But don't go from house to house. Let me tell you. Let me give you a term that my mother used to say. Larry, quit dilly-dallying. Anybody ever heard that before? Quit dilly-dallying. Get busy with whatever I told you to get busy with. And that's what Jesus is saying. We don't have time to sit around and have tea and chit-chat. But there's the kingdom of God. This is serious business. People are dying Every day. And go into hell because the church refused to share the God, the love of God with them. People are dying every day because we did not witness to them and share our faith with them. And so Jesus is telling us that we're we're to go out, we're going out to all these places and we're to do that. But it's gonna be tough work. It's gonna be tough. Carry and take nothing with, with you. Just whatever you got on, go. And really, we look at Jesus' ministry. This is what he did. He never owned a house. He never had possessions. Jesus relied totally upon the Father and the Holy Spirit to do his mission. And that's what we're supposed to do. I don't know about you, but many times I have started a ministry. I have started a ministry, and I sat there and said, you know, we're going to do this, and it's going to be a great ministry. And it flops in the middle somewhere. It'll start out good, but then it flops. Do you know why it It flops. Me, might have been feeding the hungry, might have been clothing somebody, might have been setting up a food bank or something else. It flops because that was not the ministry God had for me to do. That God has for each one of us here, he has a specific ministry. You are not today at this church by chance. You are here because God has led you here, because we're here to do the ministry of the work of God in Lake Park. We're here to do that. And and so we all have a ministry. When you said Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you become into the royal priesthood. And being in the royal priesthood, that we are all supposed to preach. We're all supposed to share the gospel. I know when I first got into ministry, and I've shared this with some people we talked about our testimony, I go along, I'm in there, and I had about three, four months to prepare for a sermon. And I was going to be... The next J. Leno Charles Stanley preacher. I wanted to be funny and smart and good. And, you know, I, I loved Charles Stanley there. And, and, and it flopped. Every Sunday flopped, and flopped. I remember telling Tammy, I just went out of this mess. And, and real, honestly, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably been off in some other country right now. Because I was doing ministry for Larry. I was doing ministry for Larry. And I wanted the approval of men and women for me. I wanted you to tell me how funny I was and how good I was. What I come to realize is when I get down to get serious business and I start preaching the true word of God, the inerrant word of God for people, whether it, whether it offends you or not, but I'm doing what God has called me to do, the ministry has flourished. And so we need to be realizing that, that when we 're in ministry it 's about god it 's about building the kingdom of god and in the, the time, if we believe in prophecy and we believe that the time is short and that the the, gates, the, the gate of grace is going to close soon that there 's going to be a lot of people that die, a lot of people that die or don 't get to be raptured or however they're going to make it to heaven they 're not going to be able to make it. why we haven 't shared the gospel with them Revelation chapter twenty. As this neat scene, Jesus is on the throne. This is after millennial reign. The saints are coming behind Jesus. They're coming down. We're all in white robes. The dead, the, the dead, the people that have died that were not in Christ are raised. You will give an account for your life before God. I got great news for everybody. Everybody will enter the kingdom of heaven. Some will not stay. They get to come to the, the people that died without Christ. They come before the throne. And you're standing behind the throne. Where The saints are standing behind the throne. And there's Jesus in the middle. He's going to explain to these people why, why they're going to hell in just a second. And what if the person that's on the other side of the throne is your neighbor? Your son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, mom, dad. The lady at the Walmart checkout line. The person who was at the gas pump from you five minutes ago. What if the person that God nudged you to speak to and you didn't die and goes to hell because we did not speak to him? Imagine there. Imagine that. All of a sudden, we 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 want to think of this religion. Not religion with this relationship, it's just about me. As long as I'm I'm saved, I'm good to go. No, we are saved and we are the vessels in which God uses. He sends us out to all the nations of the world. All the nations of the world, starting first. Acts tells us first to start in our hometown with our family, with our neighbors, with the workplace, wherever God has sent us to go work. With those people first to spread the gospel of Jesus. There's a good story about Saint Francis. He was one of the famous monks back in the fathers, uh, early Christian fathers, and and one of the young monks there heard that Saint Francis could preach, could preach like no other person could orate a sermon. And so Saint Francis was going to town, and the young monk asked the abbey, "Can I go with him?" And he said, "Sure." And so he gets, he goes, talks to Saint Francis, and. They collect blankets, they collect money, they collect food. And and St. Francis goes around all day handing out blankets, money, and food to people in need. And on the way back, they're going along, and the young monk is sad. And St. Francis notices notices this. He says, what's wrong with you? He says, I heard what a great preacher you were, and I wanted to hear you proclaim the word of God. And St. Francis says, I preached a sermon all day. He says, in fact, when you go out, I want you to preach a sermon everywhere you go. If you must, use words. The way we live our life, the way we treat other people, the way we share the gospel with other people will tell others whether or not we're a believer in Jesus Christ or not. How we treat others will show people whether or not we're believers in Jesus Christ. You know, we go along there, the house that Jesus is telling us here on this, get out, get busy, get busy and telling the word of God, tell the word of God. It's going to be rough. It's going to be difficult. Go along. And, and so bottom line, bottom line, ministry is tough. I don't care if you're the pulpit preacher, if you're the chaplain, or if you're the pew member or the, the, the congregation, ministry is tough. That people's lives are messy, messy, messy. People have made decisions, bad decisions. But, you know, here's the good news. That Christ has forgiven all people if they'll accept that free gift. And, and so we've got to get involved there. And so here, here's the church growth. I know a lot of people talk to me about the church already. And, and, and fill, how do we fill up the pews, preacher? i a I got the answer to that get off the suit coat, get off, put on your work clothes, put on your ankle-high work boots, get out into the world and proclaim the Word of God and tell them that the kingdom of God has not only come near, but it is here, and we can feel the presence of God when you come to Lake Park United Methodist Church or the Baptist Church. I'm not just promoting us, but the kingdom of God is here, people, and if God lives, where does He live? He lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the people see us, they should see the face and the hands of God. They should feel the heartbeat of God because we care whether or not they're saved. We care whether or not they're going to heaven or hell. Too many times we just push people aside. Oh, that person isn't worthy. But yet God says all people are worthy. He died for all, all people, not to condemn us, but to save us. And who does he use? Who does he use as the vessel to transport the mission of God throughout the world, you and me, you and me, every Christian believer, it doesn't matter what church you go to, it's you and me, everybody that believes in this, so the only way to go, the days of, the cultural days of when people moved in to the neighborhood, the people moved in, you automatically, the, usually the richer people, this is just a statistical thing, and back in the, you know, the, the, the former days, uh, the richer people went to the Catholic Church. The uh, poor people, don't, don't, don't mad at me. Middle class, the poor, we kind of went to the Baptist. The, the, middle, the, the middle road of the people was Presbyterian, Baptist, or Lutheran. Not Baptist, but Presbyterian, Methodist, or Lutheran. And that's just, you just look at the study of that on congregational, uh, uh, on congregational development. People just come to church because they were a Baptist or they were a Methodist or they were Lutheran or they were Catholic. Or they, they just When they moved in a community, the whole family just started coming to church. You didn't have to advertise. You didn't have to do these things. People just come to church because that's what the culture did. We now live in a culture of individualism. But yet the church is counter to that culture because we live in community. Communion. Community. And so we need to realize that where the world is today, the gospel hasn't changed But we need to be able to learn how to transmit it to those people. And we need to learn to get out. In the days of the marquee, the days of the bulletin, the days of push cards, those things will work. They'll bring in about 15% of uh, return from the number you put out. But the one way to guarantee that the church will grow is by you and I getting out and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Inviting people. I don't invite them to church. I invite them to be in the presence of God. See, we go back to Leviticus, and I'll kind of close with this here in a minute. We go back to Leviticus, There's eight feasts. The first one is the Sabbath. The first feast is the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was not a day of rest. It wasn't a day to sit home and watch NASCAR, football, uh, whatever, baseball, whatever else we watch on TV. It was a day, six days you shall labor. On the seventh day you will stop. And you will go to your assigned meeting place and be in the presence of God. The Jews would have been on the seventh day. They would have come, and they would have been in their synagogue. And that was a day as a community to come together and worship God. And see, we need to learn that that that's important to come together as community to worship God. That God gives us six days to do all the stuff that we need to do it in. But in our case, it's the first day. We come to be in community with one another. And how do we do that? We invite people. The kingdom of God hasn't come near. The kingdom of God is here through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and Jesus knew we were going to struggle with this. Jesus knew the devil... Jesus knew the devil was going to kind of destroy us. He knows that. He's going to use every excuse that he can to keep us from the ministry. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. enough. You know what you did? I know the thought that you had about that person. I know what's going on. The devil knows you better than you know yourself. So we need to overcome that. How do we overcome it? Jesus after the devil tried to accuse you, reminding the devil that this is my body, And from the Abrahamic law of sacrifice, the blood of sacrifice, the devil, et cetera, says, ah, yeah, okay, Jesus took the punishment, but the sin is still there my blood was poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. The excuse the bread, we ask you to bless the Jews, leave your body and your, your blood for us, that we will remember that whatever force comes against us, we have already overcome, no matter what comes against us, Lord, your love has already granted us, thank and for that, Lord, we are here today, we ask you this in the name of the Father. We're going to do communion today with intention. If for some reason you don't like intention, uh, that's great. Now hold us in the back the line. Or we do have the little cups. We still have the same breath. Uh, if, if, if for some reason you don't like, if you don't like table communion, let me pray. up. So I know we have visitors here from different denominations. Let me break up one of the greatest things that I enjoy. Uh, uh, the table is open for everyone. No matter how old or how young, no matter the denomination. In our liturgy, there is three requirements that come to the table. Christ, not Lake Park, not the church, not Larry Howard, not Don, not anybody else, Christ invites you to the table. All who love Him, who love Jesus, all who earnestly repent of their sins, and of all who wish to live in peace with one another. Everyone. Regardless of age, the denomination is welcome here to take and receive Christ. And when we come to receive, we take nothing from God. We put our hands out to give all to God and we receive God's body. God, we we'll the body we we'll get the bread. And if it's in the juice. this is the body of Christ for you, the blood of Christ will for you to If you don't want to do it, that's fine. If you wish to have a little cup, that's great too. It's kind of thing like the line you we kind of transition there. So with that, I will serve here. God, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. of bread in a cup, let it go.